Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinion, opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night in Facebook or YouTube land, so hello and good evening. And remember, the chats are always fun, but your chats may show up in the show. And as always, if you can't catch us live, check the replay or check your favorite podcasting app. You know me, my name is John Ruark, and I am a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up for another past master, hooray, Joe Martinez. How's it going, Joe? That's me, Joe Martinez, past master of things and stuff. Um, not a Texas Mason. Just throwing that out there. So <laughs> Nice hat. Thank you. Nice hat for you too. Yeah, mine's got some miles on it though. Yours is a uh, mint mint in box. It looks good. Looks okay. crispy. I like it. You had it in one of those like new era cases or whatever, didn't you? <laughs> Cracked the plastic on it and right. got, got it out tonight. Yeah, damn glad to be here. Let's talk about some stuff. Stuff and things. Stuff and oh. things. Also, next up, Robert Johnson. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm not in Texas. I'm, or I'm not a Texas Mason. I'm not wearing the cool hat. I wear my Mothman hat today, uh, you know, so repping Mothman as usual. Uh, past master, Waukegan Lodge 78, current sitting secretary there and the sitting worshipful master at Space Novum 1183, the premier Masonic education lodge in the state of Illinois. And, um, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So A lot of other cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great to have you. It's awesome to be here. Jason's booting up because he didn't know after 10 years what time TMR starts. So he'll be here. He loses track of time sometimes, man. Drugs do that. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Jeez. Can neither confirm nor deny. Let's uh, <laughs> give a special shout out to the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome and rock my socks. So if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable and um, get access to Joe's secret family recipes. That's right. And my uh, my hair tips and um, yeah, my facial routine. I also think uh, you have a really good recipe for a crab boil, right? Crab, crab roast. roast. That's crab it. Roasts. Crab roast. Crab roast 2024. We're going. There must be magical crab roasts in Texas this weekend. <laughs> it's It's getting roasty toasty down there for sure. I was going to say something's getting roasted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanking the patrons. Next up, let's do tarot card of the week. So you know what time it is. It's that time for tarot card of the week. with the jazz hands that is so wretched god <laughs> all right cool so uh yeah i'll do tarot card this week and uh we're gonna do an oldie but a goodie we're gonna do the dc comics tarot card deck Ooh. yes okay and uh yeah so for those who don't know i'm a super huge comic book nerd as opposed to spending lots of money i couldn't tell history. yeah so yeah Complex are good though. My kids that, start that's, them. that's your drugs. It is. It is. But it keeps me home, you know, and you know, not <laughs> at weird places where glitter happens at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. I'll stay home. Okay. Stay funny. I'll come. Have, have you been to Comic Con? I have once. Once. Once I've been to San Diego. Um it just keeps getting better and better and well, you 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 used to go before it got super huge, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Every everyone like almost every year between 2000 and 2010. Yeah. So I went post. Uh, so for for all you non nerds, there's a when I got to buy tickets, you had to put in for a lottery, and if your lottery number uh. got fixed, then you were allowed to purchase ticket to log in and purchase tickets. Um, so out of ten years that I tried, I got to go one year. So, and uh, yeah, it wow. was definitely big. But yeah, let's get back to. Uh, tarot card so shuffled them up and we got pow, pow. Ooh, we got the chariot the flash the flash is the chariot i like it very nice yeah. chariot 
So swing low, sweet chariot. Um, it's not what that means. I, it does. I like the chariot because it's definitely an action card, right? Um, it's it's related to the Aries sign, I believe, and which is a very active, go get it kind of attitude for momentum, victory, moving. Yeah, moving in a positive direction. I get <clears throat> conflict. A lot of conflict going on in Masonry yes. this weekend. Yeah, there yeah. is. There's there's going to be forward momentum whether you like it or not something is moving and that's and that's like the positive and negative side right from for a lot of these cards right you have a positive but the positive can also be a fault right and so by being too aggressive like imagine if joe were a tarot card he would be the chariot because i'm coming through whether you like it or not get out of my way it's not like the juggernaut or something (laughs) nice charles no get out of my head like a bulldog i'm the juggernaut sorry definitely youtube that yeah we're nerding out hard good stuff you never watched the x-men i'm the juggernaut yeah but yeah it's been a while oh so good oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute hit it that is not the right one boom (gasps) oh we gotta say happy birthday happy birthday birthday, And you can say hi to Alex too. Your podcast is cool, I guess. Um, I guess. Happy birthday, Vet! Famous podcaster's wife. Yes, and famous TikToker. She's big on us. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. The talk of Tick. Yes, but we love you. Uh, our significant others love you too, and we wish you a very happy birthday. Happy twenty nine again. Right on. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. And now you know you're officially famous. Yes more famous we'll, we'll, we'll write up a royalty contract awesome okay let's uh, get into tonight's topic which is brotherly love but not just brotherly love brotherly love realized so tonight we're going to dive into um one of the tenets of our fraternity which uh really is a virtue that we should all be practicing and yet i wanted to bring this topic up because there are times where it's really hard to love your brothers and so what do you do what do you do then if you disagree on fundamental level or if you're having a conflict because hey we're human beings human beings are going to have conflict we're not always going to agree what do we do then if we're supposed to be this united sacred society of friends and brothers and yet we don't always get along so um let's start at the top the tenants of our fraternity not tenants because those are people who live in the building or the rent paying rent to you but the tenets of the fraternity are brotherly love relief and truth and a tenet in that definition is supposed to be something that is kind of universally true um a doctrine or belief that we all hold common so that means that basically all freemasons should agree that brotherly love relief and truth are these doctrines we should all these standards we should all be holding ourselves to <clears throat> so if brotherly love is one of those things what do we do when we have conflict because it's sometimes really hard to exemplify brotherly love joe well i would say let's let's go to the ritual first right and, okay let's you know, great it's always a good place to start right into the ritual right what what do we learn or some people learn depending <clears throat> And everybody's ritual is a little bit different here. It's written this part. So, um, you know, when we talk about exercising brotherly love, you know, the ritual says to regard the whole human species as being under one common parent, right? The high, the low, the rich, the poor, um, all descended from the same great almighty parent, right? So that's the focus and impetus of brotherly love. But to, to John's point, I think what John was alluding to is that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen very often at all. Yeah. You know, we are a, uh, for good or for bad, we are a, a, a slice of all of society, right? Like, as much as we would like to believe that we're not, Freemasonry and the people who make up Freemasonry are just a microcosm of, of the whole, right? Of all different kinds of people that bring their opinions and their prejudices and their vices uh, into the fraternity with them. So, you know, it, it's a really, it's, it's not a rhetorical question to ask, like, how do I exercise that brotherly love when I have people in my fraternity who went through the same ritual that I did and sat through the same obligations and maybe mouthed them, but fundamentally 
right. disagree with me, fundamentally dislike me as a human being, whether it's the color of your skin or who you choose to pray to or who you choose to love, right? There's these big fundamental differences that are brought into Freemasonry. So how the hell do you deal with that? I'm seeing RJ had nothing. It's just very, it's very difficult. It's like when we, we talk about this idea of brotherly love and it sounds <sighs> great and romantic. And I don't mean romantic like Eros. I mean, like, like, um, like, like a painting, you know what I mean? Like, like a Rockwell. It's this overwhelming uh, 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 lodge logs over Simpkins store. No, like this romantic idea of, of masonry and all of these, these virtues that we make this really big assumption about people and their intense and the way they think right but really this idea to me anyway it's hard to make a case for this being very practical in the real world where things aren't really up to par with the supposed or implied altruism of our brothers like this takes this stance that we should have this brotherly love and affection toward our brothers but it's assumed that these brothers have the best intents in, in, in whatever their case is, whatever you could be at odds with. In this way, uh, you might not agree with them. And this also assumes that whatever your disagreement about is about or how this person acts or whatever is something that is at least acceptable in the social contract like in the western world right like i never signed any contract yeah well so i guess like what i mean is like everyone has issues yeah decorum at, it, at, at it, a minimum yeah yeah so so this quorum that you're talking about right this is what i'm mm -hmm. this is where i'm getting with this mm -hmm. we generally fit into this social contract right which this is the agreed moral position of the society in which we live, which here in America, the Western world is generally kind of ensuring that people are on the whole, well taken care of, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to, there, there's this, you, you can't like get too specific on what that means, but you have the right to pursue life, liberty and happiness. And we really like that here. And we have we've agreed on common positions to enable us to move a society ahead. And yet there are people who hold opinions and act ways which are in direct contradiction to that. And we're told that because they're brothers, we should still respect them. Yeah, let it slide. He's a bro. That's yeah. difficult. It's very, very difficult. Well, it, it, I feel like you were going to say something awesome, but I'm interrupting you. But no, I, I think I think from what I've seen. And I've been, I mean, we're coming on year 19 that I'm a Mason. So um, I, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm definitely in that middle age, starting to become into the older group of Masonry. Like we used to be the young ones five years ago, right? And now we're like, ooh, we're creeping into that older curmudgeon phase of our lives, which I look so look forward to. But um, no, I, I think that you, you said something really important, which is the social contract and we're supposed to be espousing that. And what I hear as an excuse over and over and over again is that you've got people that are living the social contract that was acceptable to them 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And because they're our brother, it's okay to let them continue to live their lives like that. Because at one point in time, it was the social norm. You know what I mean? Um, going back to the 60s or the 40s or what have you. you know, there were social norms that these people have never grown out of but or like 
this is exactly kind of where I'm getting to my, my poster, my mentor, uh, the guy who taught me my catechism, you know, um, and then also some amazing life stories. Guy named Curtis. Um, he's the reason why I named the podcast Whence Came You. You know, like, he's a great guy. And he told me, like, where he grew up, moving into Illinois and being a farm worker and all of these things. He told me, his, you know, I know his whole life story. And he told me that he was racist. And he told me that he knows he is. And those things are ingrained in his brain and he works to curb them. And like when the voice says something, he counteracts it. And so like what you're talking about, Joe, is men who can't confront something that happened a few years ago. Some, some people made a big deal about confronting everybody's biases right? Everybody has biases. People say they don't, but they do. We're talking about a 70, mid 70 year old man from Kentucky who dealt with all kinds of crazy things in his life, uh, was missing a finger. So this was at a time when people thought like, if you had like a deformity that you were, you know, had some sort of mental defect or something, you know, he's missing a finger and he was like a farm operator and like he had to work through all of that stuff and then still had like these kind of racial tendencies uh, to, to, you know, not like people of color and all of this other things. And yet today, well, in 2008, 2009, there's this old man sitting there telling me that he has these biases and how he's trying to work through them. So this is a thing that kind of goes to me like, man, I respected you. Now I don't. But wait a second. That strength and resilience that you're showing that, you know, You've done some real reflective work, the work, right? And like, now I can respect that man. Now I can see eye to eye with my brother and give my brother brotherly love, regardless of his past, because I know where he's going in the future. You know what I mean? Like, there's something to be said for this. Um, but I understand that's not everybody's viewpoint, so. No, that was so spot. That was, that was amazing. Uh, number one, thank you for sharing that. And number two, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about all the people that I've met, especially in masonry that don't have that self-realization. You know what I mean? That live those lives, you know, I'm going to be a racist or I'm going to be a bigot or I'm going to do this because that's how I was raised or this is the part of the country I grew up in. And they use that as an excuse to continue to live their lives without, seeking enlightenment essentially right and i know i know nanya mentioned it a little bit before um he said let me actually put it up here because i think it's important that we distinguish this make this distinction our differences would not matter if we were all educated nanya says i kind of disagree with that a little bit um I don't, I don't think it's a matter of education right i think it's a matter of number one coming to the altar of masonry for the right reasons and number two having that openness that robert was talking about to self-reflect like that you know you don't need to you know you don't need to have the odyssey and the iliad on your bookshelf to be an enlightened human being yeah. you know? well, i think i think what he's going with to there is um <clears throat> what you often hear about a lot of uh like diversity training and stuff that a lot of fear and racism and all that comes from the unknown i don't know about it it's different therefore it's a different tribe than what i'm used to so therefore um, I'm scared of it. And so then usually one way to get, to get past that is to learn more about that culture, about the, the differences. And, and then you, you hopefully find some middle ground, right? And then masonry tries to do that in some way, shape or form, uh, by basically just treating us all as the brotherhood of men under the fatherhood of God, right? That's, that's where we're trying to level things out. Uh, again, some do it better than others. I do want to skip ahead and, and actually go to something that Robert just slipped on in there earlier. And I think it's, it's a topic worth, worth mentioning because <clears throat> for me, if I'm trying to exemplify or realize brotherly love, I probably should define it <laughs> because uh, the, the English language is terrible um, uh, at defining certain words, specifically love, because there's lots of different types of love out there. And I default to the Greeks uh, that actually have quite a, quite a good collection of words for love. Uh, Robert threw out, um, Eros earlier, 
Yeah, so arrows, <laughs> right? That's John's favorite. Five kids. <laughs> it is the passionate, you know, <laughs> lustful, Rom- sexual. It's not lustful. It's romantic no. love. It's yeah, romance. Yeah, sure. It's, it's the candles on February 14th, right? It's. Mm, I just give a Hershey bar and a single like petal from a flower like it's all that's I why you don't have nine kids like john <laughs> i know Just toss a hershey bar across that's the room uh, candle. so we're not talking about that kind of love with your brother so let's let's scratch that one off yep not um, eros that's a different lodge then there's uh, agape agape yep. right which is definitely much more of your universal unconditional non-transactional love that's the way i like to think of it yeah. um we teach that part when we hear um, faith, open charity. So that's my whole soapbox about charity is the wrong translation. Um, it is supposed to be faith, open love, and it is the love in the term of agape, meaning like the love of a creator to its creation, the love of a mother to a child, right? It is one way, unconditional. I don't care what you do. I'm still going to love I you. I disagree with, with uh, the agape. I think agape is, is not is not what that refers to but i think it's a different one i disagree with your disagreement but that's cool mm. we'll agree to disagree which is great brotherly love right look there. at this <gasps> we just did it what we just did it <laughs> i'm listening to your guys's greek scholarship erudition yeah i, I know we're, we're talking to the guy who's literally can read greek <laughs> he's sitting back like oh you guys yeah. idiots you guys are way off you spelled it wrong however uh Philia, which is probably closest to the familia or or brotherly love. Right? Well, I mean, Philadelphia, it's the city city of brotherly love, right? It's, it's like sibling love. Um, Correct. That, that's what Philia is. Yeah. Oh, so like a brother or a sister. Yes. But brotherly love would be Philia. <sighs> English sucks, right? It, do- it does. It does. Yeah. Okay, so it's definitely different than the previous two in that sense. And so if I'm going to go literal, that's the one I'm going to pick to choose as the tenet of our fraternity. Would be more of the philia type of love Hmm. as opposed to some of these others. I don't agree. Say more. Well, no, you got to get to the last one. Well, then you, you go ahead and... What's what's the next one you want to bring up? The the fourth one. Uh, there's actually two more, which are kind of lame. Yes, so many more. But uh, yeah, the, the next one Robert had was storge. Mm-hmm. So storge is uh, the way I equate storge. The type of love is people who have been through a common bond or a common experience together. I kind of when I think of storge, I think of band of brothers or guys that are in the military together. You know that have that that bond having lived through life experiences like that and that, and that bond that you share with those people, which don't come from words, but from experiential. And that's, that's where I relate the, uh, the, the type of love and faith, hope and love. Like I can, I, you know, I guess I do get behind the agape sort of love in that statement, John, I think I agree with you there. Um, when I'm talking about masonry, though, I, I do lean more toward the element of storge. Uh, Scott Duball wrote uh, a That's really fair. awesome article about this quite a while back. I think I don't know if it was on Midnight Freemasons or Illinois Lodge of Research, but um, when I find it, I'll link you all. But <clears throat> it was really good. He really explained it in a way that was uh, very it made me feel like he he did exactly what joe just talked about he made this relation between this intense experience like boot camp or something and you know the degrees yeah the, the experience of a common initiatic experience and the degrees well, well as rj beats his dog uh, <laughs> We'll continue the conversation. So, I mean, yeah, May, keep it down. Um, yes, love May. That's my girl. Anyway, um, I was going to kind of disagree a little bit. I think I think what we teach on paper ah. to Masons, I think what what Masonry tries to convey, or the 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 bulk of Masons try to convey, is storge, right? That common experience. That's fair. Okay, but what I think the rituals really meant to teach us, which I don't think a lot of people, cause it's a really hard concept to grasp 
is the concept that we should be teaching the agape type of love, right? That we should be. I'm right. 100 so there. Yeah. You kind of default to storge, right? Hey, we all had this common experience. It didn't matter. You got it in here. I got it in Maryland. You got it in Illinois. You got it in Virginia, John. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have that common bond. But what I think, if you actually understand the ritual and understand the lessons that we teach, we're kind of leaning you more towards agape, right? A universal love of that commonality, that spark of divinity mm-hmm. that we all have amongst right. Them, right? So, and yeah, the, the divine in me sees the divine in you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so damn hard to yeah. teach that, right. You can't teach that. You can't say, okay, this is the way you need to love. Right. It's, it's everybody brings their own experience to it. And I think we default to Storge, which is okay, but it's not going to get to that true essence of brotherly love where you can actually look past the faults and the foibles. Right. Yeah, back back to RJ's example there, right? So what are these faults and foibles that I can look past? Well, um, <laughs> what are the faults and foibles that I'm allowed? It's like a moral upstanding individual, somebody who is going five miles over the speed limit. Well, you, okay, look, man, I, like I live my life. You're supposed to like live your life, and you're supposed to uh, sort of be a good example. Uh, you know, for the public to see a, a mason uh, living in the public sphere, um, to be a representative of the craft. So, does that mean that um, I could look past it if a brother was a smoker? Yep. What if that brother did some drugs? Probably. Why is he not sharing? Is my question. Yeah, what, what if he was a libertarian? He's a libertarian. I can look past it. Uh, it's hard. What if he's... Uh, but now, like, what if he's a philanderer? I don't keep know if I can look past that. Keep the secrets. Keep the secrets. I won't keep that secret. Keep so secrets. if you're a brother out there and you let it slip around me that you, you cheat on your wife or your, your husband or something, I'm not the person to slip that in front of. That's not going to go over well with me. So like these, you know, this is what I'm talking about. There, there, there is a definite demarcation, a line uh, that, that I think you can't cross as a Mason. You have to, you're supposed to live this code. And, and yet we were called at some point to keep the secrets as inviolable as my own. Well, yeah. But like, I'm well, not about I'm not about throwing throwing the sheet over something or or sweeping well, so, shit under the rug. Well, you're getting you're getting to the point of <clears throat> application, brother love realized, versus like that because you can still because you may care for that person, you're going to say, hey, look, that's not right. We need to change this. I I can't accept that those actions. Right, and you, you would if like, if you didn't care about them, you would not, you know, report them or or you know that kind of thing. So, in effect, by taking action, you actually are showing love for them because if you didn't, you would you know you wouldn't care. No, I I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. There is is we have this, and maybe it's our fault that we teach this incorrectly, right? But but the concept of brotherly love is not. It doesn't come from a place of emotion, okay? It's not a feeling. It's not like that romantic love, right? It, it's not. It's not a feeling or emotion. It's meant to be a principle of action, right? So the concept of brotherly love, I think, what we should be espousing is that it, it calls for us to see beyond the individual differences and again that agape sense right recognizing the value in each person right so that's the place where you start from not where you end you should you should you start mm-hmm. right so it's it it doesn't mean we have to agree with people it doesn't mean we have to condone all the right actions, like robert said but to approach that individual from a place of understanding and compassion right which is damn near impossible to do in this world right because everybody's so wound up and so angry and so right. tired you know this is interesting yeah. Like this, this thing that you just mentioned here, because now I'm thinking, you know, when I have to deal with somebody, uh, potentially, I'm not saying I have, 
that has done something very egregious in life um, is still a brother. Uh, all of these kinds of things. Are you saying that if it's an action, actions that I take to course correct any element of a deficiency of yours this well deficiency of the individual whether that oh, be them. working <clears throat> with them or an organization or maybe even removing them from the organization is an mm -hmm. act of brotherly love be bright i would i would argue that i would say so i mean i would say to that point is you're not i, I think if we're using brotherly love in this sense you don't want to be an echo chamber for that brother you want to put a mirror right in front of his face and be like this is what you look like right now. You look like a sack of crap. And <laughs> here's why. And I'm saying this because I love you. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Well, I don't know about yeah, that. I haven't heard that in 30 years. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Well, we're all getting to the age where we're going to hear that pretty soon at the doctor's office, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today, though, we, we kind of bridged into this. I, I think this just led to this crescendo just right now when, when Joe and, and, and John, you guys talked about action. I hadn't thought about it this way at all. And so now it leads me to think, like, what is the practical application look like today when we have these active controversies that are happening within the craft, very widely talked about? Things that are not, let's say, in the mainstream news, but everybody knows about them, whether you're uh, in California or Texas or Jersey or wherever, uh, these things that are happening. And like, how do we navigate that with this idea of realizing brotherly love? And did we do this in the past when we had elements like you know, Grand Lodge issuing statements against other Grand Lodges for their positions on moral statutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, again, and we, we've all talked about this ad, ad nauseum. Um, so, so I'll say it really briefly. But I think when it comes to those big topics that you're talking about, Robert, I always, I always separate the two. I separate the administration of masonry from the actual practice and philosophy of masonry, right? Because they're not the same damn thing. I mean our Southern state brothers can absolutely tell you this, right? Like, like kind of like you were talking about, like really bigoted and awful statements that come out of grand jurisdictions. Don't speak to the philosophy of Freemasonry. It's a bunch of old people who are putting out a statement so that they don't get in trouble or don't get lawsuits slapped against them. Right. And you know, that's nine times out of 10. That's what that is. Or, you know, the, the group of tightly controlling people that don't let masonry change because they're stuck to their traditions from 30, 40, 50 years ago, or they grew up like that. That's not espousing the philosophy of Freemasonry, right? So I can't, I can't link the two together. So to your point, it's like brotherly love isn't going to fix that. You know what I mean? It's not going to yeah. change the old codgers idea, ideologies, yeah. you know? Uh, but again, now Robert's, epiphany is helping me with an epiphany as well right because i love how this conversation is going because what if most of our moral instruction that comes in the fraternity is actually a call to action and here's what i mean by that right so if brotherly love does not mean you have to agree with every every brother but you have to um, take the action to personally one do the best you can to um keep peace keep you know, keep harmony as well as remind them of their errors and help them correct them but also think of it think of it on the other side okay so go from the negative to the positive why do we extol virtues but what are virtues virtues are habits that are uh morally proper things that are attainable uh, or sometimes unattainable goals that we should be keeping track of every day that's why ben benjamin franklin wrote down a list of 13 virtues and every day checked off how many times he did those because not uh it was the concept of applying the action itself which made them a better person which made you a better man and this is i think before he was even a mason right he had his had this uh list of virtues like temperance was one of them and all that so if we have if we're telling brothers as they go through 
you should be sticking to some really good Aristotelian virtues. Try to act on them, not just think, oh, that's a good idea, and then still do what you normally do in your daily life. No, we're trying to improve ourselves in masonry through the course of action. And so what if that, that is the, that is the, uh, the punchline to all of the moral instruction that we get is not so much to know about them, but to actually apply them. Yeah. This, this kind of reminds me as you started talking about action in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, no action is intrinsically right or wrong. It's the intent that makes it soul. Aha. Uh -huh. And and it doesn't necessarily directly tie into what you're saying, but it makes me think about intent and the the call to action. Whether and there is no such right. thing as no action because zero action is still inaction right. is a choice. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dang you guys! Come on, y'all blowing my mind tonight. So how do we realize brotherly love? Well, I, I, I think we do. <laughs> um, I, th I think we, I mean, like I said, we were talking about the really simple common sense stuff. How do you apply it? Don't be a shit bag. Regardless of how much people are throwing. I, I didn't see that in one of the virtues. It's, it's, in, okay. in, it's in the unwritten ritual. Yes. It's 99th degree. Yes. You know, so so it ended up on the cutting room floor with Rob Morris's. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's yeah. a rectified right somewhere. Yeah, it's probably in Calvin C. Burt's. Uh, <laughs> it's in one of it's in Pritchard's. Um, so they changed, <laughs> they changed it. They took that out. Don't be a shitbag. Yeah. Um, yes, I totally lost my train of thought. No, just yeah. Don't be a scuzzer with other people. Focus on the things that the the commonalities that brought you all together. Right. And there may be many and there may be few, but bringing that empathy towards others goes a long way to, to, to promoting that peace and harmony. And I, I was going to say this, John, when you were talking earlier, I don't know if brotherly love equates to peace and harmony. Like I don't, there are certain circumstances where you probably don't want peace and harmony. You want to rattle the cage and, and, you know, for the sake of keeping things quiet, not saying anything. I think that's, that's not espousing brotherly Ooh, love. Oh, thank you. That, cause I, agree with your disagreement in the sense that um, not saying something is not preserving harmony. And I've thought about this too, when there's been some like edgy things going on in the lodge. Um, I think that you will see, well, we all have examples of where people grumble and stuff uh, off to the side, but when they go into lodge, they vote because, well, I'm just going to go along with maybe what the master wants or I'm going to, but that's not brotherly love. That's not harmony. Because you're just placating at that point instead Ooh, of you use the p word uh, right. You're you're just going along with it instead of the actually trying new to clothes right. So yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that point that keeping quiet does not necessarily equate to harmony. No, it doesn't. And I think right. I mean let's I mean I mean Edmund Burke says it right. It's what does he say? The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Right. And I think that plays well into that, you know? So speaking of, for most people listening to this, like the ne very next day that we go live, we'll actually have the Grand Lodge of Texas sessions. And there's going to be, in case you haven't heard, there's a lot of swirl going on about a myriad of issues, many of which we're not going to cover here at all. None of which we're going to cover here at all. <laughs> So let me just go read through them. No, what, what they actually, but what my point is, is like, what if we take brothers who are trying to exemplify brotherly love by taking action, by disagreeing publicly, by calling out other brothers for mistakes that have been made, that is still brotherly love. You can still you disagree your, publicly. You get to drop your RBG card. I just sent <laughs> I dissent. Right. You can still take the stand and do what you believe is morally right and disagree publicly with another brother's actions and still promote the act of brotherly love. That's the point I wanted to get to. I, right. It, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not like, like some of the folks in the comments are saying, um, you can't bifurcate the two, 
right? You have to put it all into one single stream, right? So to your point, there you go. Bingo card, hit it. Um, a lot of the things, and we'll use Texas as an example, just because it's so prominent on social media, is that you do have a group of brothers that firmly believe that they're right in what they're doing by bringing things to light that the majority of the masses know nothing about. So are they espousing brotherly love? I think so. I think so. From my limited point of view, I, I think they are, right? Because otherwise, change will not occur. And, you know, we like to, we as American Masons, you know, and the majority of Amer American Masons love to espouse that, hey, America is a Masonic nation. Masons started this country. We were a force for social change. What the hell happened to us? Yeah. Well, you got this harmony. On, you got this ban on politics and religion, so you you can't actually be a force for change anymore because, you know, just being a human is apparently political. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't uh, even get me started. You have DNA. <laughs> um, how about uh, Winston Churchill? Who wrote this in the in the? Uh, oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a good question. Right. So my question was. If we're supposed to take, you know, brother, I think we've moved beyond this, but to take brotherly love to like the extreme, if you can't take something to the extreme, does it stand? Does it stand its, its, uh, its ground? Does it, does it stand its ground in the realm of absolute like truth? all the time? Exactly. You yeah. know? And so like, can Winston Churchill show brotherly love to Hitler? I think the answer is no unequivocally i would go with no yeah so because brotherly love cannot stand the logical test it would have to mean that brotherly love is essentially a either a founded on this sort of supposed altruistic intent of a brother or which is kind of a uh, a, a fallacy that we're allowed to kind of leap over because we're it's a you know story to move something or it's saying that it's a completely you know prima facie sort of argument which um you know s something that is true not all the time it's circumstantial no yeah I, I don't i don't wow there's a lot of disagreement today and but you know we still respect each other or we might after i make this comment um see i i don't think i don't think it's it's prima facie because even though that's an extreme example the important part is, is that you've got Churchill and you've got Hitler here. There's got to be some sort of empathy between those two to start that chain of brotherly love, you know, and start that chain of action, right? There's no points of empathy. I can't think of a single point of empathy where a normal, rational person and Hitler would start to walk down that empathetic trail together. I just can't. So Hitler gets a pass because nobody's going to give him brotherly love because there's no brotherly love coming out to start with, you know? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't get what you don't give off. This is, Which and is this, this goes karma to, conversation at that point. Well, it's karma, but it's also like, uh, philosophical physics, you know, essentially what you do due to the, uh, uh, the illusion of duality or, uh, the illusion of separation, it's the idea that you do whatever to whatever you do to others, you're doing to yourself. Yeah. Whatever you do to yourself, you're doing to others. Which I like that you said that because now we're getting to to the concept of brotherly love being transactional or conditional. Yeah. Unlike right. like pure agape, right, and, which is we, unconditional. And we talked about this in the chat a little bit, uh, briefly, you know, over the last couple of days, and and when you brought this topic up to do on the show. I had to think long and hard about it because this is a it, like like I said I realized something about action, and this is a difficult topic for me because, man, uh, I have a long good memory, which means forgiveness is really hard. So I think about this in a way that's like uh, Scott Duball once he I don't know what he was talking about, but it always stuck out right. It's 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 a quote from Jesus something. You know, along the lines of uh, what you do for the least, you do for me. And I kind of thought about the that. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah, thanks for putting that in Trek speak for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
But, you know, you think about that and I think about like, just like I said, like the, the, the philosophical physics, if you will, about uh, uh, raising everybody through the actions of good things toward yourself and others, um, in a way is, is a realization of, of brotherly love. I mean, and brotherly as in, you know, all humans. I, I, I think for, and, and we talk about this, especially offline, I think, and it sounds it sounds pithy and it sounds, um, what's a good way to say this? It sounds exclusionary. But for us to really get this concept of that agape love, you got to be looking for it, right? You got to be, you got to be a seeker, right? So, and, and we talk about that, you know, Masons who are seekers versus Masons who just go for the green beans. You know what I mean? There really is a, a myriad of differences in the reasons why people come to the door of Freemasonry, unfortunately, right? Um, you know, it's good for membership cards, bad for our philosophy, you know, because it kind of waters down the whole concept, right, of being a seeker and searching for that light. So I think that, again, you got to have that innate similarity in that that understanding that I know that John, you know, as much as of a pain in the ass that he is, I know he has that divine spark inside of him and I can connect with that and I love him for that. Yeah. Right? You can't do that with everybody because most of the people there are not seeking, right? They're just consuming and consuming. You all seen that meme that's like a bunch of dudes. It's been making the rounds. It's a bunch of like dudes who are kind of like of different sort of walks of life walking through a book and coming out on the other side as like <laughs> business guys with briefcases and it's got a square and compass on the book. Yes. Yeah. It was like obviously superimposed. And my only comment on that was like, where's the Westgate? <laughs> Just come on through, guys. Just slap a square compass on you. You'll be good to go. Yeah. yeah. We don't need three degrees anymore. Let's just have two and a half. Just, let's combine, yeah, the first two. and Mush it all together. Somewhere above the you know, Mason-Dixon line. Yeah. So what do we do? What do we what do, do, you like, do about that? What do yeah. we do, like, let's say... Uh, we're not going to talk about issues that any particular organization might have, but in the event that an organization, let's say, is uh, is heading down a path or has done some things that are less than Masonic, we'll say, um, and there's a small contingent of brothers who, I don't know, like want to do something about it. And how how can we attempt to show you know brotherly love and act as masons and still sort of i don't know turn the turn the boat in the bathtub you know what i mean i guess the answer is very carefully and it's very nuanced but yeah joe i said join the odd fellows and yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. Do that. That's it. I'm gonna start a, a new fraternity. I'm gonna start a whole new fraternity. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yeah, I think some, I'll get something written in French. Yeah, the the big takeaway here is right. Okay, so um, brotherly love can include action that may be there to correct, you know, a brother, which means that uh, also that harmony does not mean inaction. It does not mean being quiet. It harmony can mean still taking an action uh which which you believe is the right thing to do and so yeah i mean that's what's going to happen we're going to have disagreements uh brothers keeping track right in uh in 2040 like the grand lodge systems that we have today are not sustainable and there's going to be a lot more discussions disagreements about how do we go through that transition it is going to be a forced transition we're going to have a lot of conversations about what we believe the future of racing is going to look like. Like combining all the degrees. <laughs> right. Or, or Grand Lodges, merging Grand Lodges. Like that, these, are, these are just things that we're not even ready for because we don't know how to disagree correctly. All right. So, so uh, someone put in the chat earlier, like, you know, we can agree to disagree. That is a solution. It doesn't mean that you are... placating doesn't mean that you are uh just saying just saying okay well we'll just stop the conversation walking away from it it's just the agreement to sovereignty really i mean yeah which 
like is understandable in some it's a solution it's in some circumstances it's a, it's a solution i think sometimes people take it to the logical extreme on that right and just say oh, yeah. well you know Mike i'm republican you're a democrat so therefore we're going to agree to disagree on that one it's like well no you could still yeah you can still work. there's this thing called bipartisanship that's been around for you know yeah. well, quite a while you know the, the big thing is is that we don't know how to have dialogue anymore as a society right it's we go straight to debate and when you most people when and most people nowadays they debate incorrectly like don't watch fox news or cnn for tips on how to debate right because that's not where you learn how to debate, okay? Debating doesn't mean I'm gonna have my answer in my head before you're finished speaking and I'm not hearing any words from your mouth going into my ears, okay? That means actually listening to the dialogue and formulating responses from that. We don't do that anymore, whether it's politics or just- Man, how great would the presidential debates be if Will it was you actually just like shut that? up? <laughs> I don't like your shirt. <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, the the last decent political uh, debate I saw between presidents was was probably back with like a Romney Obama debate. Man, that was wild back then. Crazy times. Yeah. All right, we're at the point in the in the show where we need to go to the final question, and this one is, you know, again thinking about a lot of turmoil that's coming, a lot of hard conversations that need to be had. I want you to kind of fast forward a little bit more. What does an outcome look like when you are actually realizing brotherly love and you have conflict with your brothers? What does a, a good outcome look like? Like, is it, you know, do you shake hands and walk away? Do you um, agree to disagree? What is that? What would that be exemplified as? Because there's there's lots of ways this could go, but you know the I want this to be taken away in the sense of again you have a lot of tough tough days ahead for like the Grand Lodge of Texas and their their uh, different issues that they need to to work through, and so I my wish for the fraternity is to have brotherly love exemplified as they go through that transition. So I want to see what would that look like. I want to start with RJ. For Joe's sake. Damn you. Ah, uh, man. I, this is a very, like, sort of etheric question, John. I ask hard questions for a living. I, I know, but like, what's the, I gotta, I gotta think about this a minute. Wow. So you're going to need to go to Joe. You, man, you can't pass. This is, I, this isn't I'm like, sorry. this is go fish. Ooh. Oh, I got an answer. I got two answers. Wow. So you get double. Give one to RJ. I will. Okay. So, <laughs> and most people here will hate my answer. Okay. It's not going to be what you think. So me being a Mason for almost two decades now, I've learned a very sad, but very actualized lesson in that there's really two types of Masons in our fraternity. There are the people that, so I'm thinking in my head, what if I have these disagreements with those two different types of Masons? And the first one is, your typical Mason that people make fun of, right? The ones that come to meetings that eat the green beans that snore during the degrees that don't actually do anything Masonic show up, pay their dues, go home. You know, they pay money so that I can play Mason and play dress up and do fun stuff. And those people, I honestly would not give a second thought to having a disagreement and walking away from them. I honestly wouldn't. But then I look at, the other type of Mason, the ones that you click with and you resonate with and you know came to the altar of Freemasonry for the right reasons. I'm looking at the both of you. And if Jason was here, I would add him to the bunch too. Whereas if I got into a genuine disagreement with any of you guys, I would do my damnedest to try and turn that around, you know, to see your point of view, to empathize with you, to be sympathetic and empathetic with what you're saying to me at the same time. 
and try to bury the hatchet as quickly as possible because it would break my heart to be disconnected from any of you in any sort of way so i know it's a it's a crappy answer um you know it's not it's not the perfect answer but yeah i mean i i i keep masons in two different buckets and there's some that you know if i never talk to again it wouldn't impact my life in any way shape or form and then there's the ones that i would actively go out of my way to try to make amends with you know so that's the really, that's yeah your words on that actually helped me out a lot joe i i to rj i've seen like a lot of writings you know over the years uh you know i've read like ten thousand papers probably and in a lot of those masonic papers um or even just like papers on uh, friendships and uh you know personal growth and things of those uh, ilk i guess there is a lot of thought about conflict resolution. Um, people love to talk about choosing family. Uh, I've seen guys talk about, you know, I've, I was almost brought up on charges, Masonic charges for saying that there are little brothers, little, little, like, you know, uh, non-capital brothers and lowercase b lowercase b capital b <laughs> brothers and i think maybe that kind of aligns with what joe is saying is that uh, the lowercase b brothers being those kind of ones that the everyday guys who show up don't do much um but i'm glad they enjoy masonry sure um i think john you had something from from Fort Newton about those guys, something about a bib or something, but I'll let you hit that. Um, <laughs> those, those sorts of guys. Yeah. I guess I just don't, I've often thought about this. Is this a mental defect on me? Am I just a sociopath? And the reason I asked that question is generally speaking, if I leave a job, when I left school, college, all of those things, I think it probably told people like I'll keep in touch, but I literally had no intention of it ever. I just don't care. And I'm not really sure. Like there had to be a very intense bond that I would have had to have had with somebody in order to stay in contact with them. Perhaps there are only three people. I think I can know off the top of my head that, I have worked with, went to school with that are not brothers that I actively go out of my way to text, talk to, and see regardless. Um, and those brothers, honestly, one of them, we are so misaligned politically. Like, holy cow, I can't stand it. But you know what brings us together is the fact that I value his friendship and I hope that through action and spending time with that person and through understanding and bonding over other things that in time we might become more, I guess, bipartisan on something that we might not see eye to eye on. And I guess maybe that's the action. And I think I would take that same approach in masonry. Although, as Joe said, it's much more difficult to just walk away from a Masonic friendship. I would ascribe it to any number of, you know, fraternal bonds that then all the things that we go through together. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, so now you guys might think, wow, Robert just doesn't care about people. That's yeah. not true. Get, don't and get on his bad side. Just saying, like <laughs> contribute or I don't care. Oh, wow. Very transactional. <laughs> yes. Last one here. You got you to gotta, you gotta give something before you get something from Robert. All right. Let me you take a note on that one. With, you start off with 100%. I'm with you always. <laughs> it's, uh, I, can see, I can see RJ as a bad tipper. He's like, you're going to start at 10% and you either go up or down depending on how well the service is. Have you ever seen those guys? They put like a $10 bill out and the second like they miss a drink order, they take a dollar away. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I bet you we go in that office. He's got a chart with us 
on his door. He's got a scale. Yep. He's got a pivot table with us on it, I'm sure. Just books. Books and blankets. There's little gold stars that he just peels off. There's a pivot table somewhere, I know. Joe Dunn effed up again. There's a gold star (laughs) coming down. All right. So, yeah, that the quote that I was uh, talking to earlier, I was listening to a, a short talk bulletin that was actually published literally 100 years ago, um, December of tw- uh, 1923 from Joseph Ford Newton. I need a line in there that said something like the the fork and knife masons uh, who only use their aprons as a bib. <laughs> I thought, ooh, that is a stab right there. That is a, a very harsh critique of those <clears throat> purely exoteric masons who are only there for the the pomp and circumstance and not for the meaning of masonry but what i'm taking away from this this conversation is brotherly love realized is about relationship building right that we actually have to work on relationships whether it's at home with our family with our boss with our co-workers at lodge we are people of different backgrounds who have to come together on the level and yet we still have to work on building that relationship i've heard people use terms like i love them as a brother but i don't have to like them (laughs) right there are there are people that may or may not you know get on your last nerves but yet we are in a fraternity together trying to work on finding the commonalities and the good things between each other uh, and and try to unite men instead of divide them um an even worse theology kind of is like the love the sinner hate the sin Uh, i'm not a big big fan of that i see pros and cons to, to that phrase however the takeaway is that regardless of the differences, right? Um, try to be less transactional, try to be more caring, more empathetic, right? And realize that we're here to be one sacred society uh, of friends and brothers who are trying to um, do the best we can and uh focus on what unites us and so sometimes it's gonna be messy sometimes it's gonna be easy uh let's chase not just the easy moments but those that actually help us progress our moral calls forward so with that i want to thank you all very much for watching i keep searching for more light have a good night wow go texas wow Texas.